Welcome to the third episode of Inside the Equipment Room, the untold stories of a college baseball equipment manager. Uh, excited for today's uh, episode as I'm going to have one of the, the first managers I met, um, Russ Rome from LSU. Uh, Russ was a manager from uh, for the 86 seasons to through the 91 season. So uh, when I became a manager in 1990, we played LSU six times with the seventh time being rained out. So I got to know Russ early on. First game we played was against LSU in the Superdome when I was a manager. Uh, so I got, I've known Russ for a long time and looking forward to talking to him. And if you look back on those days, uh, he was a part of the teams. The 1986 was the first LSU team that went to the College World Series. Um, most uh, know that LSU was the team of the decades in the 90s with Skip Bergman winning five national championships. But there was a time early on, it took Skip a couple years before LSU got to the College World Series. And actually, uh, Russ went to Omaha five times during that time frame, 86 to 91. Uh, it was interrupted in 88 when LSU didn't qualify for a regional that year. But looking forward to talking to Russ. One thing that stands out to me uh, looking back on those days is the 1989 season. LSU had five uh, major league pitchers. Uh, on that staff, uh, they threw, they rolled out Ben McDonald, uh, Curtis Laskanik, and Russ Springer for their SEC rotation, and Paul Bird and Chad Ogier, who both pitched in the big leagues as well, was were out of the bullpen in their midweek starters. Uh, Mike Bianco was the catcher on that team. Uh, a lot of you know Mike's had a lot of success as Ole Miss uh, for the last 20 years as their head coach. And uh, so looking forward to talking to Russ uh, about the – early days in LSU and what was it like uh, during the 89 uh, season. I know Mississippi State went down there, one, two, or three that weekend. Um, LSU ended up upsetting, uh, depends on which poll you look at, Mississippi State and Texas A&M were both one and two that year and neither went to Omaha. Uh, LSU upset A&M down in College Station uh, during that regional to go um, to the College World Series. And on a personal note, one thing that stands out to me is Ben McDonald. Um, I got I got to uh, you always hear the stories about tell us about the time when you saw somebody, whether it was in high school or college, and you knew this guy was bona fide uh, a professional athlete. And for me, the one memory that stands out uh, growing up in Louisiana was seeing Ben McDonald in 1985. Ben was a junior at Denham Springs High School, and they played my high school uh, Jesuit in New Orleans in the playoffs in the quarterfinals, and uh, Jesuit was lucky enough to beat Ben. I want to say it was like 2-1 to one or 3-1. to one. Glenn Laveau pitched for Jesuit, w- w- went on to pitch at Tulane, and you knew Ben was – you could see something special, and not only was he a, a really good baseball player, he went to LSU in a basketball scholarship and played for Dale Brown early on, and um, I believe LSU went to the Final Four in 1987. Ben was a freshman on that team. So looking forward to talking to Russ and get some stories about Ben uh, – Really successful now as an analyst on the SEC Network and ESPN. Uh, really good guy. And I want to get Russ's take on Ben and those early teams from the 80s and then ultimately culminate, uh, culminated with a national championship in 1991, uh, Skip's first year, and see if Russ paid taxes in, in Omaha uh, since he went there so much uh, five times. That might be a College World Series record for a student manager going five times to the College World Series. So, Looking forward to it, and uh, we'll be right back after this short break.
Welcome back to Inside the Equipment Room. On the on the phone with me right now is Russ Rome. Russ was a manager at LSU for, for the 86 seasons up to 91. Uh, Russ, does it really seem like it's been almost 30 years uh, since your time ended in Baton Rouge? No, it doesn't seem like that. But then it's every year at this time of the year when you start seeing some of the kids that were not even around graduating college now, you go, wow, I, I guess it really has been that long. Yeah. Well, take me back uh, 35 years ago uh, when you left uh, uh, high school and you ended up in Baton Rouge. How did you become a manager? Um, well, I mean, I, I was recruited at some of the smaller schools and um, uh, actually my high school coach um, had brought up the idea. He played at uh, UNO, which, uh, you know, at the time, UNO was the premier program in the state uh um and he he brought it to mind and and um you know I was looking to get an engineering degree anyway um and so uh I got in touch with some of the coaches and um my coach wrote a letter for me and and to be honest at the time I thought oh wow uh, I don't know if I'll be able to make it or get in or anything like that but then Come to find out, uh, <laughs> I was selected by default because uh, it's not like people were banging down the doors for the job uh, at the time. Because uh, yeah, LSU baseball, that was 86 was Coach Bertman's third year. Um, and so it, baseball at LSU really hadn't come to be yet. Uh, nothing near what it is now. Yeah, t- take us take us back to those early days. I know uh, some of the younger folks probably don't like you said uh, back in the '80s. UNO, um, you mentioned '84. They went to Starkville, beat Mississippi State to go to the College World Series. They hold the distinction as the first Louisiana team to go to the Omaha. Take us back to those early days, uh, even into the fall of '85, leading into '86. What was Skip like at the practices? Uh, clearly, you could see that he was building something. Take us back to those early days. Well, um, I really didn't know what to expect, um, you know, but uh, it's one of those you show up for to move in and um, into the dorm. And, heck, we started practice probably the weekend of Labor Day, and, and it was uh, nonstop till probably Thanksgiving we practice during the week and on the weekends, every Saturday we'd play uh, a split squad, two double headers. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it was kind of indoctrination by fire, but the thing is, I, I look back at, at my years at LSU and, and I always, the 86 team um, always has a, a special place in my heart just because um, the group of guys, uh, I always say we were probably the closest knit group of guys that um, was there. So um, my grades reflected it <laughs> my first semester. <laughs> um, you know, going from being a valedictorian of my high school class to, uh, you know, sweating some grades out, um, uh, uh, realized, hey, we're, we're, we're not playing around anymore. But uh, uh, Coach Bertman, uh, it was, it's one of those things that, um, 
one of his sayings was, we're going to give you one more bullet for when you get in a gunfight with someone. You know, we always want you to have that extra bullet and the attention to details. Um, and I mean, to be honest, the part of that is still with me today in my profession. Um, I think that's one of the things I pride on is that I, I try to cover more of the details. Um, I'm in engineering and the more details you can cover, the, the, the better construction will go. Um, uh, mm -hmm. But I think Coach Bertman is, uh, you know, a big part of that. I, I always, I always tell the story as far as, as attention to detail. Um, we had just north of campus, we, there was a convenience store called Cracker Barrel. Uh, and that's where we would go to get drinks, snacks, what have you. Um, but uh, a lot of times I'd be heading up to Cracker Barrel and I'd pop my head in the office and, and ask the coaches if they wanted anything. And Coach Bergman, a lot of times uh, we were smart. If you got coach to get something, usually he'd throw some cash your way. <laughs> but uh, uh, usually his, his request was, uh, yeah, big guy, uh, give me a coffee, the medium size, uh, fill it up to about this far from the top. Put in two creams, two sugars, stir it up, put it in the microwave, 20 seconds, take it out, put the lid on. Well, as a freshman, I'm like, okay, well, he wants to make sure I know how to make his coffee right. Well, let's fast forward five years later, after getting hundreds of uh, coffees for him, every time I'd go to get his coffee, I'd have to hear the same spiel. Uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's just the way he was take nothing for granted. Yeah. And that's uh similar, my situation dealing with coach Polk, they're kind of the same mold, the attention to detail. And I use that still today in my um, professional life at work. Um, you mentioned the 86 team being really special. Uh, first time LSU goes to, went to Omaha. Now it almost, most people think it's a common common occurrence and, and, and it's almost an expectation a lot of times with the fans. If I remember, uh, that was my junior year in high school down in New Orleans. I'm thinking, didn't you guys win the regional either at Tulane or UNO? No, that was, uh, we hosted the regional. Oh, um, you did. Okay. And which, which had Tulane, UNO, I think Louisiana tech. Um, and okay. actually we, we beat Tulane in the final, um, to okay. go to Omaha, which was a rain, to, you know, is Memorial Day weekend, this kind of this time of the year, yeah. and we were always dodging rain. And I remember we had to come back uh, that Monday uh, to finish finish the regional out. But yeah, Tulane had a had a damn good club that year. You know, they had uh, a yeah. Tookie Spawn and and that group uh, was in there. Yeah, and then what was like after winning? And you guys finally get get settled and you head up there. What was uh, – because I think – did you end up going five times in your six years? Did you go five times to Omaha? Yes. Yes, I did. Um, yeah, what was that – first time you went uh, – is, 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 I mean, I know the first time I walked in the old Rosenblatt on top of the hill, you had grown up watching it on TV. What was your experience uh, up there like? Uh, it, I mean, it was – it was, it was great. Uh, you know, the, the first year going, 
obviously the only person that had knew how to spell Omaha at that time was coach Bertman. Um, uh, even, even smoke who, you know, smoke pretty much ran the day-to-day operations of, of everything. And, and, um, you know, I, I kind of jokingly say that when I, when I went to LSU and became a manager, um, there was nobody there to show me what to do. There was nobody returning. And, um, I remember I leaned on smoke and his saying was, well, you'll figure it out. So I say I spent five years trying to figure it out, but anyway, (laughs) um, you know, I, I, I'd never forget. You can, you probably can relate to this. We, we got flew into Omaha and I think we had a bus picking us up and there was a van, um, for the equipment and typically on the road, you know, when you get to the hotel, most of the time you take the equipment to your room or sometimes <laughs> hard to believe now, but we'd leave the equipment in in the van if we had a, a van rented. So mm-hmm. that was a situation. We get to the hotel and we're starting to unload everything. And I just asked Smoke, uh, hey, Smoke, are we going to leave the stuff in the van or should we take it to our rooms or whatever? And he just kind of flew off the handle and I was kind of like, whoa. And, and I forgot who it was, but they looked at me and I'm like, and they said, wow, you think, uh, you think he's a little tight already? Yeah. And, and <laughs> that's how it was. Um, but I, the thing about that year, one of the things I recall in 86 going up was one of the first team meetings, coach Bertman told us, okay, this is, this is how it's going to, it can go one of two ways. Um, you can come up here and worry about where you're going to eat a steak and how many t-shirts you're going to get and tickets for your families and enjoy all the sights and sounds. And we'll play a couple games. And after a while you kind of go, well, you know, we did good enough just this year, just to get up here. Um, I'm really ready to go home or you could treat it like any other road trip. Like we're going to Ole Miss and focus and play, play well and we'll do well, you know, and at the time you sitting there going, I've been dreaming about coming to Omaha for years and you're sitting here saying after a couple of days, I'm going to be ready to go home. There's, there's no way, no way. Yeah. Well, we played, um, we played Loyola Marymount first game and lost, then came back two days later and beat Maine. And mm-hmm. uh, two days later, uh, played Miami. And to be honest, I can remember. So we were probably, what, six, seven days in. in and I can remember the morning of the Miami game, sitting in my room, kind of watching TV and thinking about things and, I'll be damned if it didn't pop in my mind. You know, I don't really think we can win this thing. Uh, I've I've had my fun. I'm kind of ready to go home. And as soon as it popped in my head, I was like, I can't believe it. Uh, you know, the 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 son of a bitch knows exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> you know, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, and and to to look at how it was in '91 when we won it. It, that's what it was. It was just another road trip. Yeah. Uh, you know, you you don't, you, he, he always, every year we were there, he always said how 
you've got to go to uh, experience it before you can win it all because it is, uh, yeah. it's overwhelming. You've been, uh, I mean, it's the closest yeah. for, for college students, for college players. It's the closest you'll be, um, you know, to being a rock star. And, and, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, now you mentioned that 86 game against Miami. I saw a video the other day of a, a home run Joey Bell hit and, I know you were around him for a few years and some of the guys I know Mississippi State, we have discussions about the furthest home run that we saw in person. Mine is Lyle Mouton in 1990 in the Superdome when we opened the season against you guys. I guess at the time it was the old Bush Challenge. Uh, Mouton put one up in the terrace level off of our reliever, uh, Tim Henderson. Uh, I can remember Gary Hemel hitting a few as well. During your time, what was – the, one of the furthest home runs you ever saw in person when you were at LSU. Well, I saw that one you talk about that Mouton hit. I was there, but uh, it does not compare to the one you're talking about that Bell hit in Omaha. I mean, I think I think it went through the lights. Um, I, he he crushed that ball, and I want to say ESPN used that highlight as a promo for the College World Series for years after that. Um, I mean, it, it was yeah. it was a moonshot. Um, uh, another one, actually, I think it was that year too. Um, Craig Faulkner hit one at Florida um, up, you know, the McKith. What is that, McKithen Arena? Still, yeah, is is back mm-hmm. behind left field. He hit he hit the arena back there. I mean, now that, that was a oh my. that that. Yeah. But um, Bell, I mean. Bell was a, was a, we nicknamed him Magilla Gorilla just because he was a man amongst boys. Uh, uh, I mean, he could, he could crush it. Yeah. Uh, one thing I also remember, like during your time there, was the 89 season. Um, uh, I was, I know the state series didn't go your way when uh, state came down and took the doubleheader on Saturday. Um, I had a, I always tell this story. The next year I lived with John Cohen. We were roommates that year, and he had a picture of him hitting the home run off Ben McDonald and Mike Bianco's catching in Tiger Stadium's in the backdrop. It was whoever took the picture did a phenomenal job. But I was thinking and preparing to talk to you today back to the 89 team. I mean, you guys were between Ben, Russ Springer, Laskanik, Paul Bird, OJ. You guys had five, and, and please add if I missed anybody – but I came up with five big leaguers that y'all had yeah. on that 89 team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, they were – we were loaded. You know, 89 um, was coming off of uh, – 88 was the only year we didn't even make regionals um, that year. Uh, and that was the year as far as our pitchers went. We had what Skip called the big three and the rest, the big three being – uh, McDonald, Springer, and Kite, Dan Kite. Uh, and the rest, you know, just a lot of them were young and just hadn't come come about yet. But, uh, no, 89, um, you know, we were, we were loaded pitching-wise with that. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's funny you think about those guys, but uh, – Again, I'll go back to the 86 season (laughs) where 
you know, in, in conference, we were 25 and five. Um, Mark Guthrie was the, the first starter. Stan Lower was second. And I don't think we lost on Saturday at all in 86. You know, which you, you think about that, that's kind of hard to believe. But then, like you said, you go to 89 and, um, you know, McDonald was doing his thing. Uh, you talk about, about that, the, the longevity of those guys in the big leagues. I, I want to say Ben might have had the shortest big league career out of mm-hmm. those guys. Um, you know, I mean, yeah. uh, people don't think about Russ Springer a lot, but heck, Russ was uh, in the bigs for 15 years. You know, I mean, uh, you don't do that if yeah. if you can't play, you know. Um, but it, that that was one of those – that's the year that a lot of the, the sports writers around here say that LSU baseball turned the corner, uh, especially talking about mm-hmm. the regional at, at A&M. And, and that's, that's true. In a way, um, like I'd mentioned before, when I first started, UNO was the premier program in the state. Well, 87, 86, we hosted a regional. We had a real good team. 87, we went to UNO uh, for their regional, actually as a three seed. And UNO had a very good team that year. And we actually Mm -hmm. beat UNO in the regional. And I always say, that's when we flipped it with them. You know, from that point on, we were always yeah. above UNO. Um, then 88, we didn't go to a regional. And then here we are, 89, we're at Texas A&M. That was the last year LSU didn't host a regional until, wow, I think, till, um A couple of years yeah. ago when I think they went out to Oregon State a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's – that. Really flipped flipped the switch um, there. Uh, it, it was. I always say the the eighty nine regional at A and M might have been one of the longest weekends of my life. It just seemed like it because um, you know it, it's it's that time of the year when it's hot as hell. Uh, you know yep. you you're you're battling um, the whole way through. Um, their their fans have no love lost for us. Uh, uh, poor Ben still can't go to Texas A and M and not catch grief. Yeah. You know, here we are, thirty <laughs> some years later, they still remember. Um, it, it's funny, actually. My pastor's an Aggie, and um, we've agreed we've okay. agreed not to not to discuss that weekend very much. Um, but it, yeah, and then- it it was, you know, it, I I say it took everything we had to get out of that regional at A&M and uh, we get to Omaha and Texas was there, which was kind of ironic, but there were Texas fans that were coming up to us going, man, that was unbelievable. You know, cause they, they had uh, been victims to a, to A&M that year. Um, But uh, that, that, that really turned the corner. Um, like I said, it, it seemed we didn't have a shot in Omaha that year just because the, the tank was empty. Um, so, uh, 
there's a couple things going to the next year, 90, which was my first year. We ended up playing you guys six times that year. And then the seventh time was actually rained out with the championship at the game in Hoover. And there's a couple moments that stand out. I already mentioned Lyle Mouton's home run. I also remember Wes Grisham in the same game. Wes hit one foul off Bobby Reed that was rising and hit the facade between the loge and the terrace level in the Superdome. And I'll always remember that ball West hit in that game. But one thing I always remember was when we played you guys, John Harden came in. And I know John was not, this is an understatement, a flamethrower by any stretch of the imagination. And there was a couple times when he struck out Cordani and uh, Telegia, and they went berserk in the dugout. Do you remember that when Harden struck those guys out? Oh, yeah. I mean, because what did Harden throw, like 60? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know how it's it's it almost seems like you remember the old uh, Bugs Bunny cartoon where you know he throws a slow pitch and yeah. three guys come up and uh, three swing three times and strike out. It was it was almost like that. I mean, those uh, especially Cordani, you know he he couldn't stand stand that to begin with, and and uh, <laughs> oh yeah, he just <laughs> that was. It seemed like uh, Harden was y'all's uh, secret weapon against us or something. Yeah, and he actually ended up was the tournament MVP for that. I know we were declared co-champions because back then, as you mentioned, it was 16 regionals that usually ended on Memorial Day. We were both already announced hosts, and so we were guaranteed spots in the tournament, so they declared us right. uh, co-champions. But Harden was actually MVP right. of that tournament. Yeah, I mean, back then, the, the for us, the SEC tournament typically was, okay, let's just go get some get our T-shirts and, you know, uh, play a few games and then get back home because we got a, a regional to host. Um, uh, you know, yeah. well, other than 88 when we needed to win it to get, get into the regionals. But uh, – yeah, I mean, it's changed now the way the format is. But uh, the, to be honest, the, the two things I remember about that 90 SEC tournament was, uh, you know, it was the first time being at Hoover. Um, actually, I think, I think that was yeah. the first time um, since the, the two, the East and West merged, um, that it wasn't hosted by the winner of the overall or, um Correct, um, so yeah. that was that was unique. Um, that and then the the rain delay, <laughs> you know, actually yeah. having fun with y'all in the dugout, and then uh, Coach Pope coming over to our dugout, and you know, of course, Coach Bertman wants to, uh, as he would say, give him the business. So you know, he's he's chiding yeah. us to to screw with Coach Polk, you know, and we're kind of like. Well, we can't do that. He's Coach Polk. You know, he's he's not ours. He's, uh, you know, we can screw with you all yeah. we want, but not him. And, uh, you know, but yeah. he was like, oh, yeah, y'all, y'all give him the business. Yeah. He'll love it. He's got a great sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, and I remember during that rain delay, we still talk about it. Steve Polk, our no relation to Ron, uh, Ron Polk, uh, was our catcher and he was known for giving hot flips in the dugout, taking the, the, yeah. the matches with some bubble gum on the back. And this is actually when we wore the sanitary socks with stirrups and all that. If I know you remember that. And 
Bergman was telling the story. Everybody's sitting around in the dugout during the rain delay, and Steve walked over there and gave him a hot, hot foot. And we still, when we when we get together, we still talk tell that story thirty yeah, years yeah. later. It's uh, those were some yeah, good yeah. times. Uh, what about the next year, '91? You guys finally got over the hump. Uh, you mentioned how it, Coach Bergman always said it takes a couple times to get the lay of the land figure out where you are in town. And that that was for those guys three years in a row going 89-90-91. What was it like that last year and then finally winning it all? Um, well, like I said, kind of kind of going back through the to the through the years, 86, we were green, 87, um, you know, 80, 87 was unique in that that was Bell's last year and, and, you know, hard to believe that uh, he was removed from the team prior to going to Omaha. And I always say if uh, we did much better without him at that point um, and mm-hmm. in that postseason, basically we jumped on Greg Patterson's back and rode him almost to the, to the world yeah. series finals. Um you know, and then 88, we didn't go 89. Like I said, when we got there, the, the tank was just dry after using everything to get out of Texas A&M. Um, 90, uh, to be to be honest, nothing stands out a lot about 90, except I can remember, <laughs> um, you know, you guys being in, in Omaha and Georgia being in Omaha, uh, you know, which maybe that's kind of why it makes it like that, because it was almost like, OK, just another tournament because yeah. the same guys are around or, or what have you. Um, but 91. Yeah, because. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say the 90, it was us, Georgia, Georgia Southern and Stanford were in one bracket. I think this was the second year of the, the, the right, two brackets. Right. And then. The it was you guys. What was it? Oklahoma State, Citadel, and trying to remember who the last one was. Because that was the year Texas got upset right. at home, um, and Miami got upset at home. So there was a couple. The current Mississippi State coach Chris Limonis was at Citadel. Um, they, they that's yeah. who it was. Citadel. Uh, Citadel yeah. made it that year in '90. So there was some some upstarts, and ultimately Georgia. Uh, we couldn't beat them. Stanford couldn't beat them, and they just got hot with uh, Dave Fleming and Mike Reban and a couple, uh, couple uh, good hitters, and they took it all that year. Well, and getting to '91, um, you know, to me, part of the difference was started at the regionals. Um, you know, typically when you win the regional, there's the celebration and dog pile and all that. Um, well, mm-hmm. we we win the regional and everybody just kind of jogs out to to the field and shakes hands <laughs> and almost like, uh, you know, we just won a, a Wednesday night game um, because everybody knew that's that's this isn't it. And, and like I said, it uh, it was it was more like being on a, a typical road trip. Uh, um, you know, for me, I, it, it was my fifth year there. So I, I knew how it worked. Yeah. I didn't have to worry. You know how it goes. You go on the road. One of the first things you got to worry about is, okay, yeah. how are we doing laundry? Uh, um, 
you know, didn't have to worry about that had that worked out. Um, yeah. And, and, uh, the, the, the guys we had, they'd been through it also. Um, so, uh, it's, it's funny, even that team, you know, we had our top three were those part of those same, uh, career big leaguers, um, there with the OJ bird and Soratka, uh, you know, I always said OJ mm-hmm. reminded me a lot of Mark Guthrie in that when OJ was pitching, you just kind of kicked back and in a way watched the game some because you knew he was going to – it was almost effortless. Yeah. You know, and then the second game would be Paul Bird, which was typically just as effective, but for some reason it, it was – you felt like you were just on on – edge the whole time uh you know uh, sweating it out but then you look up and it's the sixth inning and he's given up one hit and we're up by five and you go oh wait why 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 are we stressing that much um you know that but we get to omaha and those two guys do what they do um but i mean uh, uh several of our guys got pretty damn hot Hitting wise, uh, email and Mouton uh, were crushing it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Cordani doing his thing. Um, it, it was just the whole lineup. You know, everybody carried carried their weight. Um, I think something that goes unnoticed that isn't said a lot, but at that point in '91, we had set the College World Series record for fielding percentage. Um, you know, so you get good pitching and, and good fielding like that, uh, you're going to win some games. So, I mean, we we pretty much blew through the the um, the bracket rounds. I mean, I, I don't remember the scores, but, you know, we beat Florida pretty good. We beat Fresno pretty badly, and then we beat Florida again. Um, and then we get to, get to Wichita State, which – they were at the time they were at least in my mind one of the blue bloods because uh, i'd I'd seen them yeah. on TV uh playing in Omaha for years mm-hmm. and they they had a a damn good club too um, you know um yeah. I'm trying to think of think of their pitcher's name, but I remember in meetings beforehand the kid threw a a, a knuckle curve and I remember coach saying you got to lay off it you got to lay off it and you know the guys were were disciplined in in doing that and uh you know kind of was patient with it and finally broke through on it uh and and it was just you know it's it's funny i i knew i was done after that year uh but i jokingly always said well you know i'm a mm-hmm. i'm a hang around here until we win it all uh, and fortunately for me, it, it worked out that way. Right. Yeah. You mentioned washing uniforms. I always say the craziest place I washed uniforms was in the French quarter. The next year in 92, the SEC tournament was in the Superdome and I found a laundromat right off of Bourbon street. And so that was a sight to behold carrying a couple of duffel bags full of uniforms and, and a roll of quarters and some detergent there. What's the craziest place um, you watch uniforms? Well, 
I will say on the flip side, the best place to go on the road was Mississippi State. I mean, because you guys, uh, you know, I, I think about it now in that back then you, you, you had no clue what you were getting into. You know, it's not like you could go on the Internet yeah. uh, or email somebody or what have you to to make arrangements or whatever. You know, you kind of, like I said, relied on smoke or whatever. But, um, you know, I don't know what they do these days, but I, I'm sitting there going, it's got to it's got to be better. But uh, but anyway, to be like I said, the first time we went to Mississippi State and you guys showed up you know, saying they were going to take our laundry and this, I'm kind of, like I said, I had no clue we were making it up at this time. Mm -hmm. I'm going, really? Is this a joke? I mean, (laughs) really? But, but when they did that, it dawned on me. It's like, wow. Okay. That's probably how it should be. I mean, uh, but, but to answer your question, probably one of the craziest places was uh, in Georgia. Um, I always, I always like going to Georgia. I kind of like that, that setting, you know, mm-hmm. the, the college town or whatever. But um, the first yeah. year we, let's see, it had to be 87 when we went to Georgia. We didn't stay there. We stayed, you know how when you're coming into town, kind of down the hill, there mm-hmm. was like a Ramada or something. And yeah. come to find out, it seemed like it was more in the hood. <laughs> And I remember having to find a, a, a laundromat around there um, that was just, you know, pretty, pretty shady. Uh, yeah, you, you're, it's middle of the night and you're trying to take care of this stuff and, uh, and you don't know what, what could show up. Um, but um, I, I talk about Omaha. I know the first, at least the first two years, um, there was a laundromat that I found down the road from the, um, uh, from the hotel, from the, the holodome or whatever it was. And, uh, uh, I yeah. remember after about a week, some of the parents, uh, the moms were, were coming to me saying, Hey, uh, where, where can we go to do laundry? So actually I remember one, <laughs> one trip I had company with me, which was kind of nice, you know, um, but now I'm, I'm trying to think of some other crazy yeah. play. You know, usually it's those. You you mentioned the holiday. You mentioned the holodome. That's actually where we yeah. stayed, the Mississippi State team in 1990. And the other half of the hotel yeah. was the LSU fans because y'all were down right. the street yeah, at the she, Embassy Suites. In, see, uh, we in we 90. knew better by then not to stay at the holodome. Too much going on there. You got <laughs> you got to stay away from the holodome. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> Yeah, we had a we had a good time. I, I had my sliding glass door opened right up into that all that activity area out there between the indoor putt putt and yeah. the ping pong tables yeah. and the pool and yeah, like you said, there was a lot of a lot of activity going on yeah. at the oh, at yeah. the holodome. But you see, you can't stay there. There's too much going on to it. <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, you. My favorite bourbon story is is the getting the hot foot at the SEC tournament. You kind of mentioned on uh, some of the, the highlights of him. What's what's your lasting memory of uh, what Skip means to you uh, 
now 35 years later after he got he gave you uh, a start well, as a um, manager you know there are there are a couple things and and I I I've said this before um uh you know he always talked about we were getting a, a Harvard education in baseball which we did like i said there were there were many things that were taught and and we came up with that you would go wow really uh you know and and one of them uh in my mind won us a game in the college world series in 1987 we were we were playing arkansas before they were in the conference Mm -hmm. and um like maybe second third inning uh coach realized they had picked up our signs um from smoke on on third base so uh Skip made a big ordeal about yelling out to smoke saying, Hey, they got our, they got our signals. They got our signals Switch to the second set. And so smoke got him and smoke oh. made, made a big production of saying, all right, Hey, Hey, we're switching the second set, second set. And you looked in their dugout and they got this puzzled look like second set. What the hell are you talking about? Second set. Well, not only did we have two sets of signals, we had three. Uh, you know, whereas uh, I find mm-hmm. it unlikely that most had more than one, uh, you know, and that's, that's just the way it was. Yeah. Um, but no, getting back to it, like I said, he, he said we were getting a Harvard education in baseball, but at the same time, we were getting a Harvard education in life because uh, yeah. he even said it. Um, he, he, we, one of the sayings was he didn't want us to be on lifetime scholarship. Uh, in other words, you, you got to grow up, you got to graduate, you've got to learn how to, uh, how to rent a car at the airport. Uh, you know, you've got, he would always make sure, mm-hmm. um, you know, your apartment was in order. Uh, uh, we'd laugh, go down to the flea market and buy you some pictures to decorate your apartment. Uh, you know, I don't want you living like, college students mm-hmm. or what have you. And, um, you know, like I said, it, it was a Harvard education in life and, and I still carry a lot of those lessons with me. Um, you know, and they helped me get to where I am in my profession and in, in, in my business. Um, but I, I it's the attention to detail and, and I can remember, that first year, that first fall, um, we had Christmas camp. I don't know if y'all, if y'all did Christmas camp, but the, the week between Christmas mm-hmm. and new year's, um, we had a big camp, which was usually pretty big because a lot of kids would come in from out of state. This was before it was a, you know, you had all the rules on things like that. I, and I don't think it was really used that much for recruiting, but, uh, um, a lot of coaches from out of state or out of town would come in. But uh, I can remember that first year I'd gotten sick right before Christmas and um, didn't know if I'd be able to make it. But it was one of those, OK, well, I'm not going to not go because I can't. You know, I've already said I'm going to going to work. So I got there and he saw me. and He's like, "Ooh, big guy. He looked like shit because <laughs> I mean, I was, I was sick. And, um, I spent that week 
basically being his right hand man. Um, and, you know, I know he appreciated me sucking it up like that. And we spent a lot of time talking and, uh, you know, he, he talked about, and you're from Louisiana. Uh, he talked about at that time, remember this is, uh, December of 1985. Uh, he talked about the Louisiana mentality about how people thought, well, if I do 90%, that's, that's good enough. Uh, and he's like, you know, that's, that's not good enough. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got to, uh, he's like, and I, I, I see in you that you, you're not like that. Um, you know, you want to make sure it's done more than a hundred percent. Uh, and that's, that's what he, he tried to instill in us. Uh, we always used to joke with him. He's like, you know, if, uh, everybody gives 110%, uh, you know, that's, a, a team improvement of, uh, 500 and it's like, no coach, it's not, that's not how it works. Uh, don't, don't give me any of your math <laughs> shit, <laughs> but, uh, uh yeah. it, it was it was one of those um relentless is another word that's used a lot you know uh always mm -hmm. always wanting more and and i know smoke's got a good story about that when uh they first came um you know coach was coming back and forth from miami and smoke had had moved up here and they were in the process of renovating the locker room and the players lounge and mm -hmm. Skip had left and, and smoke and Tom Brown, one of the other assistants had spent like a week busting, butt, getting the locker room straightened out and smoke said it was looking good. And in fact, coach Brown was pretty artistic. So they were, they were getting finishing up, with this painting on the floor, like some kind of baseball tiger thing or whatever. So he said he and Tom were laying on the floor, just finishing mm -hmm. painting this up. And the rest of the locker room looked immaculate. And Skip walked in, didn't say a word, looked in, looked around. Didn't say, you know, good job or anything. The first thing he said was he pointed to the direction of the lounge and he goes, uh, have y'all got it gotten started over there yet? You know, and smoke was like it in a way demoralizing mm -hmm. because yeah. they've been busting it, getting the locker room done. And there was no attaboy. It was only, well, have you done this yet? And and that's kind of how things were sometimes. Um, you know, you, you've got to have that expectation and that goal just a little bit further, you know, to always keep you reaching for it. All right, Ross. I appreciate everything. I know it's been a while since I've so seen what, you. Good, good catching up with you. Yes. Man.